everyone. My name is Charlotte and I'm one of the co-founders of Equalshare. Equalshare is a pre-selection technology to help you hire the best candidate for the job. And in this podcast series, we will discuss the different topics in the field of recruitment innovations. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how to predict hiring success. Uh, so we will discuss what predictive hiring actually means and what to do to make your hiring process and your hiring success more predictable. Today I have not one but two guests who are both working at Recruity, Europe's fastest growing talent acquisition platform uh, and one of our integration partners. Uh, Jennifer Peters is customer experience manager within Recruity and Adrian Smith is head of content. Before we start talking about predictive hiring, can the both of you quickly introduce yourself and Recruity? My name is Adri Smith. I'm the head of content here at uh, Recruity. Um, so for me, that means that I'm responsible for the blog and hopefully all of the really good stuff that you see there, both uh, English, French, and German. Um, I'm also responsible for the talent acquisition innovators, meetups, uh, events, and now also a podcast. So it's uh, quite interesting to be on the other side of the line uh, this time around. <laughs> um, and yeah, of course, uh, Recruity, if you don't know us already, we are an applicant tracking system that's designed to yeah, make your hiring a lot easier um, by automating your manual tasks, helping you attract uh, new talent, and yeah, starting to help you predict your future hiring. So hi, I'm Jennifer Peters. I'm head of customer experience at Recruity. My role is basically to make sure our customers are as successful as possible and using the system in the right way and following best practices in terms of hiring and making sure that they are successful with us so that we can be successful with them as well. So before we start talking about predictive hiring and how to, how to uh, make sure you can get predictable in terms of hiring success, I think uh, data-driven hiring is something that's become normal in our industry. And I think predictive hiring is some sort of a new buzzword that everyone's using, but not everyone is quite sure about what it actually is or how to, how to use it. Um, so if you would describe predictive hiring in your own words, what would it be for you guys? Using all the information that you have, see where things work, where things don't work, and then build up on that so that you can really scale and repeat your successes and not repeat your failures. So it's a lot about learning from your mistakes and understanding what works for you and for your company. And sometimes it's even different depending on the role. So within a company, you might have different prediction models depending mm -hmm. on the role you're trying to hire. I 100% agree. I think we're in a really exciting time for recruitment. And yeah, I also agree that I think data-driven recruitment is not a given for everyone. Um, so predictive hiring is, of course, the next step from there. And of course, there are going to be people who start to use it and are early adapters. And it will be a tool really to drive future hiring successes and to really start differentiating them from uh, yeah, their competitors. Okay, because you say data-driven recruitment is not given from, for everyone. Uh, why is that? Is that because some companies aren't ready for data-driven recruitment? I think there's a lot of factors involved. I think we see a lot of, um, a lot of companies who are still uh, relying on very traditional methods of recruitment. Um, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. But we're getting to a point where data can actually take you to the next level of hiring. And indeed, there are some companies who are not ready for data-driven recruitment in that they don't have the tools. And that's what we at Recruity tried to enable companies in order to kind of adapt this new wave of data-driven recruitment. Um, and of course, there has to be, 
within any company, there has to be kind of a willingness to start uh, recruiting in a data-driven way. Um, there has to be a willingness to uh, regularly report on the same hiring metrics. Uh, there has to be an awareness level across not only the recruiters, but also the hiring managers. There has to be this collaborative hiring buy-in already. So starting with uh, creating some awareness for the fact that data-driven hiring is actually helping you. Uh, gathering the tools you need, and that's the foundation for predictive hiring. Yeah, so that's um, a lot of what I tried to do on the Recruity blog. Um, so we cater to all audiences, people who are already using data-driven recruitment and you know want to take it to the next step, let's say predictive hiring, to find out how that can actually benefit them and how they can use their data in that respect. Uh, but we also cater to people who you know want to get started with just data-driven recruitment. Um, they want to know what kind of HR metrics they should be tracking, what kind of recruitment metrics they should be tracking, and how they can actually start regularly reporting on those and what to do with that data. And that's a lot of the things that we're looking in the customer success team as well, trying to alert those recruiters who just have a system and try to make them understand, okay, now you can actually start measuring things. Mm -hmm. What works? What doesn't work? Is your career site optimized? Do you actually go on the right job boards to... Um, post your positions and attract the right candidates? Are you looking at the right channels? So we start to elevate the conversation from just, I need to manage 400 CVs and I need to make sure that things are followed up on time to how do you get ahead of the curve and not just um, sort of um, be, be behind the curve when it comes to mm -hmm. um, follow up on your applicants, but also understanding who do you want, what do you target, and how can you get the entire company around it. What I want to do to actually discuss how to implement predictive hiring is actually cutting the recruitment process into three parts. Uh, so first starting with uh, uh, channels to reach out to candidates, uh, uh, then over to how to, uh, how to deal with the candidate evaluation, Um, and less the, the 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 key metrics to to see how your team is performing and how can you how can you use that data to make your team even better. So let's start with with uh, um, choosing the right channels to reach out to your candidates to create a better conversion between between the people you want to reach and the people who are actually applying in your company. I know Recruiter has recently launched some features to make this possible. Can you tell me a little bit more about how it works to use data to predict? Where, where candidates are at. So, um, yeah, I think this is, uh, for us, quite a hot topic. Um, it's a really cool feature. And, yeah, it incorporates elements of AI in order to start predicting which, uh, which job promotion channels are actually going to perform best for you. Now, it seems that um, historically, I, well, I talked to a lot of recruiters um, who have kind of inherited the same job boards. They use MonsterBoard, they use Indeed, Because kind of they know that they'll get some applications and it's always been done like this. And I think often recruiters don't really have the time always to test different channels. And in marketing, that comes as a natural inclination. But I think um, sometimes in recruitment, especially when you're super busy doing also admin, hiring, um, stakeholder management, it's not a really a reality that you can actually implement in your, in your day to day. 
I would say social media is probably an underused um, hiring channel. Right now, it's a lot about job boards and uh, career side. Companies are spending a lot of time and money on their career side. Sometimes you want to make sure that you promote your company, your culture, and then you promote your job. So I think that social media is something that we could leverage more from in general, especially when it comes to attract candidates towards culture and not just on skill. Mm -hmm. Because job boards will be very good in finding skilled candidates with experience. But if you want to add that cultural fit inside your um, hiring advertisement, then social media is probably also an easier way. But for instance, uh, Instagram? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on your audience, right? Um, so if you're hiring for a social media strategist or uh, maybe even graduate students, um, I think it's a really great place. Also, maybe even designers, um, illustrators. Um, there are uh, there are some some particular roles that are really good for Instagram. I think um, one that I see very clearly is. Uh, for international companies, especially if you have a recruiter, let's just say based here in Amsterdam, but they're hiring for a position in the US mm -hmm. or they're hiring for a position uh, in Germany, I think what often goes under the radar are very local job boards. Um, that way you're actually sourcing candidates locally um, with the language skills that you need and potentially in the competency that you need that you may not have otherwise been aware of. And I think that's a really important way to help, um, well, Our job promotion engine helps bring a little bit more awareness to these smaller job boards um, that are a little bit more targeted as well. Maybe also Instagram, that it's quite a new channel. Is there enough data to use to make that predictive? What I like about social media is, well, it has, it has this, this snowball effect. Um, rather than on the job board, it's much easier on social media to share jobs that you find, that you know someone in your network. So you cast a net of um, an in a in a pool of potential candidates that might not even be looking for a job. So it's it's a more proactive way to approach potential candidates than a job board where you actually have to go and check if there is something that fits for you. Mm -hmm. Whereas on, on Instagram, it might just be your aunt sharing a job that she thinks that would be great for you. So it's a different kind of way of looking at things, I think. Okay, so... Uh, uh That's the part where where data and and uh, predictive data can help you reach out to to maybe other candidates who you uh, wouldn't found on on uh, stuff like Indeed or Monsterboard. Um, so it's increasing your talent pool and maybe it's getting a little bit bit more diverse because you you create it from different angles. Mm -hmm. um, then we come to the to the next part where uh, um, where of course data is becoming more and more important and that's that's the stage where they actually end up in your uh, system after they apply it uh, to a job opening uh, in most of the companies that still works with a resume. Do you think that um, a resume contains enough data to, to make that evaluation predictable? I don't think it's all of it, though. But I think it's a good step to sort of get in. And when you look at designer resumes, they are really, mm -hmm. really good looking. So it's also showcasing some of their skills. And I think it's a, it's a good way to get the foot in. And you said like it. it I think it's it's a great way to start, but it, it doesn't contain all the information you probably need to know. What's 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 the data you would miss on a resume? Well, behavioral things, uh, attitude, motivation, cultural fit, ambition is something that you would typically not put in the resume. Your resume is all about the past, what you have done, but it's not about the future. And maybe this is also predictive hiring, mm -hmm. is that what does that person want to be in the next five years? And that's not, not something you're going to get from a resume. 
if you look at um, a CV scanner or a resume scanner anywhere on the internet, you're always going to find articles about candidates uh, fearing that their their um, their resume is going to be uh, blocked out because they didn't have the right keywords. And there's a lot of stress on the candidate side. And I think that's often what we forget in the recruitment business is that uh, part of our duty is actually to make sure candidates are also very comfortable in the process. So... You say like we we uh, of course we also need some interviews to to ask behavioral questions and and to actually learn more about a candidate. How do you think people should try to also include the the let's call it the offline stages of a hiring process into their predictive hiring model? So it all starts with consistency. So I think um, you know. I think this is a really important part of making sure that reporting is consistently, you're asking the same questions consistently, or at least measuring the same response. Um, so for example, here at Recruity, we've implemented um, questionnaire feature into uh, our product, which means that, um, yeah, of course, if you have a lot of CVs and you don't have a ton of time to interview every candidate face-to-face, you can implement an, a questionnaire that you send out right afterwards. Now, that's a really, uh, I think, you know, one of the biggest pain points it solves is the time, uh, the time uh, crunch that most uh, recruiters actually face. But additionally, if you're asking the same questions, then you can start to measure candidates against one another. And that way you're actually coming to a better um, a better assessment. So for example, if you ask... Um, why are you motivated uh, to apply for this job? And you ask it for every candidate along with a couple of other questions. You can judge each answer based on their motivation and you can give them a point score. And I think the scorecards, you can even start implementing scorecards as early as screening. To which extent do you think that the questionnaire is, is, uh, is really something we can trust these days? Well, it's not just about the answers on the questionnaire. So yes, you will have answers and, and, and of course, just like CVs, you might be inclined to embellish reality and, and things like this. However, there are other things about questionnaires that become interesting. How long does a candidate take to send the questionnaire back, for example? How complete it is, how detailed it is. So it's not just about the answers that are there, but also the idiosyncrasies that are put into that questionnaire. A candidate that takes a week to send the, the questionnaire back might not be as motivated as someone who spends half the nights on the day to fill out all the questions and then send it back to you because they're really keen. How do you how do you measure that? So it's the same. You can also put points on there um, from a content point of view, but also from a form point of view. And then when I say form, it will include this behavioral uh, data around the management of the questionnaire. So you can have a double scorecard if you want. Okay, the response is good but the tone of voice is dry and therefore for a customer facing position it might you might miss a point there for example so you start also screening a little bit on that as well and then you can end up with two different scores and it just, that just gives you more data at the end of the day when you've done 50 candidates like this and they all have the correct answer but some of them will have behavioral and and, and um, language idiosyncrasies that might Put them ahead of the curve from the other groups. Okay, so um, uh, we've now discussed um, how to to actually find candidates or reach out to to uh, uh, to candidates uh, through the right channels, and also how to, how to evaluate them and how data can help you setting up that process. I think uh, last but not least, uh, uh, the performance of your hiring team is also key to to improve your process and to increase your hiring success. Um, 
what do you think are the most important metrics when it comes to, to tracking your hiring success? Let's say, uh, mention the three most important ones. What would, what would it be? I think um, a lot of teams currently, they're struggling with attracting talent. Mm -hmm. So I think if I look at that from uh, just a baseline uh, struggle, then I would look at career site, uh, career site conversion rates. Mm -hmm. um, because that's basically the most uh, organic and cheap way that you'll be able to attract candidates to your brand. Now, if you're looking at your, um, you can use a service like Hotjar in order to look at where people get stuck on your careers page. It's easy. Ask your uh, dev team to implement it on your career site. Um, but uh, I think that's the most important one. How many people are seeing your career site and not applying to your jobs? Mm -hmm. Because there's no point going through all of this hustle to get people to see your brand, to look at your jobs, and then they don't apply. And that's a critical conversion point when you look at the very start of the recruitment process. If you don't have very many applicants, then there's no way you're going to have very many hires. So I think that just as a starting point is a su super important one. Yeah, there are a few metrics. I mean, I, we, we speak a lot about metrics with, uh, with our customers and try to understand what they are measured on and, and what their companies look at. And you'll find that Almost every company has different kind of metrics, but there are still commonalities. For example, where uh, does the candidate drop off if they drop off on their own or uh, rather than being disqualified in the yep. process? So that, could, that is also the time to uh, disqualify candidates. So how mm -hmm. effective are you in managing the amount of applicants that you receive? Um, some companies do have a minimum um, amount of applicants. So their mm -hmm. companies measures them on how they on how successful they are in attracting candidates in the first place and applicants. And it will also affect the, the candidate experience, I can imagine. Yeah. Waiting three weeks to, to get rejected is, is it's the best way to really lose painful. your best applicants. Yeah. <laughs> some sort of key metrics uh, aligned to your employer branding, for instance, is something that hardly anyone mentions yeah but it's so important because if you if if your employer branding really fails you won't have candidates uh, you will you will maybe have a decreased quality value because you have to go with what's applying at your company mm -hmm. and maybe your company is not performing that well how why do you think that many recruiters still really undervalue the 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 power of measuring that part really the really the attraction part of recruitment well i think because it's new Um, simply put, I think um, when you come into an organization that's been hiring teams for since since they started as an organization, they've been doing things kind of the same way. Those hiring metrics are super valuable and should continue to be tracked, of course. But I think there's sometimes a little bit of a resistance to, number one, add another metric that they don't know whether or not it's the right one to track, um, how often to track it. It's unfamiliar already. Um So I think there's already a resistance, but I think there's, um, I think as this becomes a more important side of uh, recruitment, which I think is undoubted, undoubtedly going to happen, um, I think it's going to be necessary to look at these attraction-based or employer branding sort of type metrics uh, that are more online, uh, definitely, and maybe are not in your ATS necessarily, um, but I think they're super important to look at. And it's also about online reputation management. So if you want to have good reviews as an employer on a, on a website like Glassdoor, for example, mm -hmm. um, typically you will ask your employees to leave a review. And that, that function is not necessarily the same person as the recruiter. 
the person who will try and engage employees to leave reviews so that your online reputation starts blooming is not necessarily the same person that is going to be recruiting for your company. And there, there might be a disconnect a little bit with this recruiter role versus the HR role mm -hmm. that... Um, is interacting more with employees rather than applicants and candidates. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is also something that uh, needs to be developed a bit more in the future is to keep that connection between the two roles so that they can improve the attraction by improving also the online reputation of the company. I think also Jennifer will really agree with this. I see a lot more companies now um, implementing MPS throughout their recruitment process mm -hmm. to get feedback on uh, their brand name recognition, how they experienced um, the last interview. Um, but yeah, I think that's also a really important metric to start practicing um, or at least start tracking, um, especially as you want to kind of hone in on your employer brand and start looking at whether or not it's effective. Candidate experience measurements almost doesn't exist. You'll have customer experience measurement, you'll have mm -hmm. employee experience measurement, but candidate experience is still relatively new. And therefore, I think this is also something that is going to be developed. And then at some point, it will come into this predictive data model and, and be a component of it completely. Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually a, a, a good bridge uh, to my last question, uh, because uh, we've discussed how our predictive hiring can help you uh, uh, find the right candidate, attract them, help you evaluating them. Um, of course, that's causing a switch in, in, the, in the role of recruiters and the role of HR professionals. How do you think that uh, uh, that's going to shift that role? What, how, what will a recruiter do within five years instead of what a recruiter is doing today? So now we come in to predict how hiring will be become more predictive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I don't know, I think uh, the role of the recruiter is hard. It's hard already. Like it has, you know, a stakeholder management component, admin, um, kind of human connection. Uh, you're also a marketer. It's uh, it's they're kind of like an all rounder in the business. Um, but I think the role of data and the role of predictive hiring uh, within the role of the recruiter is actually to empower the recruiter and to make them instead of maybe necessarily always being kind of the blocker to move forward uh, and to build teams, they're actually going to be seen as an enabler. And um, yeah, data and predictive hiring are only going to make them better and uh, faster at what they do. Um, and also a little bit more, hopefully, more accurate. So I think in the end, it's just uh, meant to empower them. I think over the next five years, it's going to be interesting to see if hiring continues, the predictive hiring continues to follow other part of the organization that are already working with predictive lead generation. Mm -hmm. I look at Adri, I don't have to tell you that predictive models in marketing have been there since forever. So I, it will be interesting to see if there is a shift or if it follows the same path as those other departments who are using predictive models already. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's actually a really cool question. We will, uh, we will see. I, I hope it's following that path because we have a long way to go. It would make our lives easier if it did follow the plan because that means we could predict... <laughs> The predictive hiring from the next five years if we can use that model for example i don't know i feel like if there's any like anything i ever want uh recruiters to feel or to understand about like the future of 
recruitment is that it's actually quite exciting. And I think it is actually going to become a lot more like marketing and sales where it's a little bit more, uh, yeah, predictable, a bit more uh, clear on what's happening and where your, uh, your input is actually going. And I think that's like quite an exciting space to be a part of, especially in that transition period where you've been doing something that may not be uh, measured or may not be necessarily so predictable. And all of a sudden uh, you kind of see that changeover. I think that's very exciting. Wow, cool. I think on that note, uh, uh, we've discussed everything we need to know to to hopefully uh, have learned our listeners a little bit more about predictive hiring. So that's it for this episode. Uh, uh, thanks so much, Jennifer and Adri, for, for being uh, my guest for today. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for having us. In case you have any questions for Jennifer or Adri, uh, please let us know by dropping them in the comment section or visit recruiting.com. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks with a brand new episode. So thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for the next one.